Hi and welcome to episode three of the Freelance Heroes podcast. I'm Ed Goodman. This week I had the pleasure of chatting with Joe Glover, founder of the Marketing Meetup. We talk about how the community started, we talk about how the COVID pandemic nearly derailed the whole project, we talk about the importance of authenticity as proven by a mid-show interruption, and we touch on the relationship between marketing departments of bigger businesses and the freelancers who can help them. Enjoy. Uh, I normally start a podcast by um, talking about how I met my guest, um, but I'm now going to mention it about the last time I saw Mr. Joe Glover, which was probably the best part of two years ago on a foot golf course where the marketing meetup representative was playing against the freelance heroes representative. And of course, I'm only mentioning this because I won. Uh, um, worst my life. <laughs> <laughs> but of course we're not going to dwell on this too much um and and also because um yeah we need to get back on the foot golf course when we're allowed yeah. to um but until then uh, i i'm uh, uh, delighted to welcome on to episode three uh the um founder of the marketing meetup which uh, has gone from extraordinary strength to strength at such a rapid pace in recent years and we're going to talk about the freelance uh, connection to marketing industry um how marketing is is so uh, you know kind of needed now more than ever um and and also talk about how the marketing meetup has started but joe glover it's uh, it's a delight to have you well, yeah. Thank you very much, my friend, and and thank you for making the first reference to this podcast uh, about that that tumultuous day. Uh, the scars had nearly healed, but uh, now we're in a place where uh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> no, it's basically because I thought what would be good for a podcast if we start low and then just build up from there, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to lulling you into a full sense of security and then yeah, putting absolutely. the rock from underneath yeah. you. That's that's the way I went. So I spend an awful lot of time in the low. <laughs> For for anyone who hasn't heard of the marketing meetup, um, and there's a chance that someone might not have done, um, tell us tell us a bit about the concept and and what the events are. Sure, uh, I guess when when you speak about the marketing meetup, you can you can split it up into two. There's the what it is, and the, and then there's the how we do it. Uh, the how we do it is far more interesting than the what, but I will start with the what in any case. Um, so the what we're a marketing community. Uh, very much, you know, I, I'm not just blowing smoke here, but very much like what you've built up with Freelance Heroes. In fact, in many ways, I think we started at a very similar time, but I think the ethos has been very similar. Uh, the community uh, was formed initially around in-person events rather than a digital uh, format, um, but has since grown over the past three years into uh, a community of 16,000 marketers across 13 locations in the UK, and we started in New York in uh, in April, May. Uh, no, not April, May. That'll put us right in COVID time, probably about February, March sort of time. Um, now, that's the what, but the, the how and the why is far more interesting. So when I was working as a marketer in an in-house company, uh, I found that I didn't have the opportunity to meet other marketers and learn about marketing, but do it in a place which I felt comfortable uh, and welcomed and included in. Um, I remember that feeling of walking into networking events and and either being ignored, uh, being too scared to speak to other people, or um, if I did pluck up the courage to speak to another person, having that 
that moment where you could almost see the dollar signs rolling in their eyes before you've even finished your sentence. Now, that didn't sit comfortably with me and, and it was something I really wanted to engage with. So so I started the group in, in the shape of an event which I wanted to attend. Um, we've, we've since developed, uh, I guess it's a catchphrase in a way, but um, which is to be positively lovely. But that really encapsulates everything that we do. It's, it's about the community looking after each other, really caring about one another, uh, giving before looking to receive, and uh, just having a, a nice, fun time. I think uh, a lot of us spend an awful lot of time in business, and I can speak as someone who's, you know, my company is also my hobby. It's my life in many ways, uh, being very serious about it. But having a bit of fun too is uh, is very much underestimated, but we look to do that as well. I mean, I think welcoming is certainly uh, one of the first words I would use to describe it. Did you, are you, did you start this or how much of this was influenced by your experience of, of events or organizations or marketing teams even that maybe weren't so positively lovely? I, I think there was, there was a large part of it which was influenced by what I don't want to be as much as what I do. Um, you know, that experience, as I, as I mentioned, you know, walking into those rooms and, and feeling unwelcome or like you're being sold to, it's not a pleasant experience. And so that very much informed me to say, okay, we're going to say, listen to one and each other, and we're going to say, say hello. So as, instead of necessarily dwelling on the negative, we certainly turned those into positives and said, okay, what's the action that we're going to assign next to the thing that causes us discomfort? And um, when you started it, so you must have started it, yeah, three, four, well, four years ago is when we started Freelance Heroes. It would have been around the same time, and you very kindly invited me to talk at your one of your Cambridge events. Um, we, and, and I just, I mean, the, 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 the sense of, of kind of good feeling amongst the event before, during, and after was, uh, was incredible, you, and, and immediately knew that you were onto something, but, and, and that it was going to grow. But when you started it, what, what did you believe it would come? Or what did you want it to be? It was just a hobby. It genuinely just a hobby. And even even to this day, uh, if anyone says to me they know fully what they're doing in their business, then they are making things up. We are making stuff up every day, you know. And 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 the marketing meetup is no different. I didn't have a grand vision for it. I just created something that I wanted to attend. I just created something that I thought would be useful. Um, so there wasn't a grand vision. And to be honest, there still remains no grand vision for the marketing meetup in many ways. Um, the reason I say that is because the place where we've got to with the company right now is that all of our decision making is more based on the values that we hold rather than the vision that we hold for the future. Um, we've got to this place because we've decided to make our decisions not based on necessarily commercial objectives, but more based on kindness and what we can do to help the community. I think there's a lot of people who probably look at me and sort of hear me say those things and think I'm either ignorant or naive. Uh, but the fact is that we've created something which is um, actually meaningful for an awful lot of people. And, you know, beyond the level of a brand or, or whatever, you know, they carry part of our values around with them as well. And that would never have happened if there was a big commercial agenda right from the beginning. 
in fact, the group didn't make any money for the first two two years, really. It was just breaking even, and, and that was the relationship I had with my sponsors, which was very much, can you just help us cover the pizza and the beer on the night? Um, it's only really when we started to scale up and, and saw that we got like better data on our community and uh, there were more larger companies who were willing to get in, involved that it actually became a reality where it could become my job as well. It's um, uh, by the way, I don't think it's uh, naive in the slightest. I think you've you've kind of found um, where business world is at the moment, especially from a networking and community perspective. And of course, I'm going to say that because that's the ethos that Freelance Heroes shares. <laughs> but given the the perception, and there's many negative perceptions about the marketing teams within larger organisations or the marketing industry, perhaps as a general, did you find any resistance at any stage during this process? Yeah, not, I mean, so it's funny, not necessarily within the marketing meetup community, because obviously that's a group of marketers. So we're all going to think we're amazing. Um, but I do sort of step out of the buzzle, bubble, uh, you know, reasonably often. And, and um, I remember one particular event I was presenting and there was a founder of a well-known, a company who would have been well-known in the 90s, um, sort of came up to me and he'd already sold his company and stuff like that. And he said, you're a marketer, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, I think uh, I think all marketers are evil. And then he just turned on his heels and walked away. And like, <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm 28 now. So I think he, I was probably 24, 25 when he, when he said this to me. So, you know, I, I had three years less experience under my belt. So I didn't really know um, how to deal with that situation. Um, I can understand how people have that perception, though. Um, when marketing is at its worst, it is, it can be used for evil. You know, it can be used as a tool uh, to negatively impact people's lives. Uh, but when marketing is at its best, then it has the flip side. It can. It, there was, we did an interview with Rand Fishkin the other day, who's the founder of Moz, and he said that uh, marketing at its best can be considered a a noble act. And the reason why it can be a noble act is that if you just look at the fundamentals of marketing and understand what it is, then uh, marketing is very simply meeting the needs of the customer. And if you're meeting the needs of the customer, uh, by definition, you're improving their life because you are finding something which they would like to improve about their life. You are matching your solution to it and you are communicating how you, your solution would match to their need. Uh, in that moment, you are doing marketing well, but then you are also elevating that person's life. Um, there is a further development on this, which I think is uh, quite important, which is I think that quite recently, and this is something that I learned from um, uh, uh, Margaret Malloy. So we've been doing a series of webinars quite recently with some amazing people, um, which has like been blowing my mind. Um, and she spoke about the, the role of marketers as leaders too. So um, I've already defined marketing in, in this five minutes as meeting the needs of the customer. But I do think marketers should also have a leaders, leadership position in the world, which is if there is a positive change to be made in the world, we can be the people that move people towards those things. Again, you've got to be very careful not to move them towards a position of evil or, or making the world a worse place. Um, but I think we do have that power and we should also be taking a leadership position. 
if this podcast was about marketing, we would end up having a far deeper conversation about the relationship between politics and marketing and how that's influencing <laughs> much at the moment. But um, we'll sure. have to save that one for another time. Who? Um, and of course, you know, people may want to connect with you about that. And we'll um, in the show notes, I'll put your details, but uh, give you the chance later. Who attends the marketing meetup? So we have a really good mix and, and it's actually something that I'm quite proud of um, because you see about 400,000 million events simply say that they get the CMO, the head of marketing, the CEOs or whatever attend their events. 45% uh, of our audience is actually made up of marketing manager level people, uh, which means they've got um, a foot in both the strategic and the tactical camps. 25% um, is um, founders, uh, CEOs, sort of C-suite individuals. And then the remainder is made up of freelancers. Um, oh, sorry, uh, there's, there's a further category, which is another 25% uh, assistant level uh, people, so executives starting out in their career. And then the remainder is made up of freelancers, um, which is brilliant because you get that sort of, that great mixture of, uh, you know, the head of marketing for Unilever or whoever it is coming to the event in London, mixing with, you know, a photographer, you know, and and they they have the opportunity to meet in a way which they never would have done before. Um, I think a lot of folks probably would see the generalist sort of angle that we take as as something slightly different in the market, but I see that as really positive because it creates that melting pot. I mean, you've you've part answered my next question anyway, which is out of the percentage of freelancers that are there, what do they get out of the event? Um, sure. So, um, I mean, I guess that kind of leads into the relationship between marketing and freelancers mm. anyway. More and more people are becoming freelancers. Many of them are involved in an aspect of the marketing industry. So uh, what I would like to understand more of as best as we can from your experience, how has... Mm -hmm. The relationship um, and the acceptance of freelancers into the industry changed, would you say, since you started the marketing meetup? I, I think from my experience, and, and I mentioned this thread at the beginning, that I can only speak from my own experience. So uh, don't don't think of me as the voice part, the voice piece for the whole marketing industry. But in my experience, I think uh, the view on freelancers is is. Uh, just in a really good place I, I think people are very willing to work with if we're going to put a horrible HR term on it like a flexible resource who can sort of come in and do a job and do a very specific job and be brilliant at it um, and and you know kind of work that way so I think what I'm seeing is more and more agencies who may have previously employed 80 people in an office they're starting to employ 20, have a core team, and then have freelance resource around the edges. I think that's probably going to be something that's accelerated with the current situation that we find ourselves in too, um, because everyone's going to become more aware of stuff like cash flow. And if people have a very specific job that they need doing, but can't necessarily bring a person on to, you know, for an uh, undetermined amount of time, you know, if, if they can bring in a freelance resource, that's bloody amazing and the great thing is so many freelancers are bloody incredible at what they do you know they live and breathe their thing you know and I, I think that's that's wonderful and I, I can only hope that we maintain some elements of what we're learning right now in the sense that um, previously you know our life used to impinge on our work 
but now our work is impinging on our life which is you know a really nice place to be in and i think the freelance community have got that right in a sense or i hope they have where uh, we've taken a decision and i would consider myself as part of this where it's like my work is going to be really really important but i'm also going to have a life here too and uh, mm. so we'll see so i mean you mentioned in terms of the relationship and, and what freelancers get out of it a photographer turns up and there's a, a marketing manager from a large organization there and that's fantastic but now we're in a situation where those meetups aren't happening so mm -hmm. how has and you know i don't know when we're going to be in a situation where the kind of physical get-togethers uh are given the green light again but let's not dwell on that and more dwell on actually what's been the impact of the lockdown on the marketing meetup and how have you overcome that mm -hmm. um so i i think it's important to say that I at the beginning when when lockdown happened so I cancelled we were due to run 140 events this year um, which would have been you know the most we ever would have done uh, we're adding it to like North America and uh, over the course of time <laughs> look at this I'm, I'm not going to do the podcast profession thing here is this a cup of tea that's come for oh look at that no, I, I mean it's, 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 <laughs> That's so I, I, I have never heard an interruption like that on a podcast before. What interesting no, well, how well this know, one goes down. But, I mean, um, actually, yeah. you know what? It's a really good point about the authenticity and stuff like that. Who really cares if your dog interrupts a meeting, or who cares if your kids walk in? I love that about this sort of stage that people are seeing each other's lives. Oh it's no, I mean, I agree. Do you remember the video of the guy? And because yeah. You know, a, a, a typical example of working from home do you remember the video of the on bbc news the chap in canada whose children yeah, came yeah. in and his wife came in and and pretty so, much grabbed them out i would have loved to have seen it just sit on my knee i'll still be able to answer yeah. your question absolutely no i, I, I couldn't that's really a cultural know. thing perhaps well you know i'll be interested to see you know if that situation happened again what would happen in any case uh, to go back to your original question um so i spent in reaction to sort of the coronavirus sort of stuff, I spent probably a week feeling really, really sad about uh, the situation. And actually I was in a point of sort of paralysis, uh, self-doubt, confusion, uh, concern, all of these emotions, which I was wrapped up in my own head um, with, because you know my whole business model uh, was based around running in-person events, which, that that was a, a really really scary thing to happen so I think the first thing to say is that um, for anyone that is listening that it's okay to feel like that because you almost need to go through that stage or some people need to go through that stage to eventually end up in a good place um, on March the 13th I cancelled all 140 events for the year which is crazy uh, two days later I decided to do something about it so I wrote a list of the world's most famous marketers that I could possibly find. And uh, by hook or by crook, I decided to get in touch with them. Um, I didn't necessarily expect anything to come of it, but lo and behold, 
uh, we got five or six that said yes. So uh, the likes of Mark Ritson, uh, Rory Sutherland, um, my personal marketing hero, which someone a lot of people wouldn't have heard of, but uh, Dave Gerthart, who used to uh, lead marketing at Drift, uh, Margaret Malloy, these just like incredible, incredible marketers. They said yes. So we built out a weekly webinar schedule, um, which was differentiated from the rest of the market because we just had some of the world's greatest marketers coming to speak with us for an hour. Um, we've been running this program now for about two months, running a webinar every week. Uh, the second part of the offering was that we knew that people would miss that moment of serendipity, that moment of networking where you meet, meet someone new and just have that opportunity to say hello. Uh, so we started something called Conversation Club. Um, Conversation Club is a Zoom meeting. It's an open Zoom meeting, so anyone can join. Um, and, and the concept is utilizing the breakout functionality. So in there, you can send people out into groups of, we, we send them out into groups of five, send them out for 15 minutes, and then they come back and then they get sent out into another session of 15 minutes. By the end, they've met you know, anywhere between six and eight new marketers, six and eight new contacts, um, and they've had the opportunity to have a nice time, all done within an hour, no travel, anything like that. So what we took in effect was the in-person experience and we split it up into two. We've got the talks and we've got the networking offered in separate sessions just via Zoom. Um, the result of this has been a little bit crazy. So um, obviously we got these these amazing speakers uh, who said yes and, and I'm nothing but grateful for them. Um, but over the course of these two months then our community has grown like twofold what we'd usually expect it to do so. Um, but we've also started getting folks from Australia, Greece, Macedonia, Egypt, all these places come and join in as well, which is, which has been great. You know, it's quite funny in the chat on the Zoom webinars because you kind of see people sort of saying, hey, from Canada or, or whatever, you know, and they've woken up at three o'clock to do a webinar with us and, and stuff like that. So it's gone well. And I, I feel like it's important at this stage that you have to caveat it all with like, you'd rather this stuff not be happening at all. Um, but the fact that nine weeks ago, I wasn't sure if the business would survive <laughs> to sort of be in the place where I'm, I'm sat here today and, and sort of feeling uh, quite proud of myself, which is not a feeling I allow myself that often. Um, it's, 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 it's nice. It's good. I mean, this might be an impossible one for you to answer. You're quite a, a humble man. Um, but you when you're in, and you see certain other individuals do this too when you a situation like yours um where the 140 events are cancelled mm -hmm. and i don't know how much you reached out to the community in terms of this has happened but how do you feel well i guess part of the question is did you reach out to the community to go we're having to pull all events and work it out i assume you would have had to make that communication at some point and yeah. given the community that you're building what was mm -hmm. the response from them mm -hmm. other than you know chin up you'll get through it what was the practical response from them oh it was unbelievable so the way that i did it um I've, I've committed to LinkedIn hard. Like that's that's my main You really have. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I think it's a brilliant platform. It's an upside down social media network. Were you not a fan of it before? Um, 
I, I, I was just ambivalent. I, I didn't really have a strong opinion either way, but it's been amazing for my business. Um, I, you know, I, I guess it's probably something that maybe comes a little bit more naturally and, and is probably in line with the paradigm of business at the moment, but it's just very open, you know, like I think I mentioned that I was scared in it. I think I, I put up a video, sorry, and, and in this video I explained what was happening. Um, the reasons why and we were probably 10 days ahead of like most other events cancelling so we were early I had some people come to me and sort of say I'm not sure why you did that at this point and stuff like that and <laughs> 10 days later you kind of go well that's why <laughs> but, <laughs> well but, um, but yeah no I mean the response from the community was more um I would actually say that it was it was more of an emotional support than a practical support thing, but that's what I needed and that's what I asked for. You know, it was very transparent. It's like this is the thing we're doing and these are the reasons why we're doing it, and everyone was like, yeah. But when you say sense. you asked for it, what yeah. what do you? Because uh, I doubt very much you were clear in the question. This is what yeah. I want. But how did no. you ask for it? And, uh, just and, and the reason I asked this question, by the way, is because there will be freelancers who are listening. And I know that we're two months into the lockdown now, but there'll be many freelancers who maybe the initial work that they had has carried them through to a point where now that's been taken away from them. Or um, maybe they felt this and they haven't really come through it on the other side. You, you made that change fairly quickly. My question for asking this is that how much did you open yourself up to others and because uh, it's often quite a brave thing to do there is that fear factor of well tough we'll go somewhere else you were never going to get that I, I know that the, the person you are and the people you've built but mm -hmm. there will be that fear from others that that's what they're mm -hmm. going to get so so I, I'm trying to to um, take kind of your experience of this and, and put this into mm -hmm. you know a, a freelancer who may be in exactly the same position as you were in terms of making big decisions but two months down the line for sure I it is an act of bravery um, to ask for help. And um, I think in, maybe in this particular scenario, I don't know whether my situation is applicable, um, only in the sense that um, I've always been very comfortable being that guy that takes the hit for other people. So like me being brave has been the person that's inspired another person to be brave. So what I would say is that for those people who are now contemplating that act of bravery but aren't necessarily comfortable with it i think it is it's it's imperative that you do it and i think it has to be done sincerely openly and uh and clearly and i just don't think there's any shame in anyone ever saying and i've seen people do this in freelance heroes in the group and and it absolutely warms my heart because like the service that you are providing these people is just freaking incredible um but people are saying i'm struggling and people jump on and say what can i do to help and how incredible is that and you know like there's, there's just like there are people out there who are so willing and happy to help but they need that direction they need that they need that thing from someone to say you know i need you <laughs> to give me that and even if it's not I feel like I didn't necessarily explicitly ask, but people have seen enough of me over the course of time to kind of see in my eyes that I was scared from a video. Um, but but 
you know if people aren't necessarily in that place where they have had that exposure from the audience before then then there's no shame in just being clear and saying this is the thing i need right now can you help me you were uh you're, you you it was quite emotional actually watching and knowing you as i do um watching the video and um to to let yourself in and i i hope that the others kind of take some of the positivity from that to do the same themselves um of course freelancers are, are are often in a situation where they're looking to continue to to build their order book and contacts and, and market themselves effectively that probably is has been heightened because of the lockdown so with that being the case how can a freelancer get the most and it sounds like a, a selfish way i you know i'm not okay what a freelancer should join because what's in it for me but when they join a community where there are people across the marketing spectrum how can they get the most of it to help their knowledge help their business give them practical and emotional marketing encouragement what's the best way for them to approach the marketing meetup i think it's just to engage you know i i, I think so again you know i'm kind of in the same shoes because i'm a business owner i know how busy things feel um quite recently i was accepted into a new a new community myself called the marketing academy and it could have very easily have been something where i sat back and just kind of did the bare minimum you know and and, and tried to get by and and did whatever i could to get through it but you know i was part of it but it didn't really matter it's not you don't get that you don't get what you want out of it if you don't put it in first um, and i'll give a great example um there's a guy called max who attends in manchester and uh, i'd seen him a couple of times come along to the events but never really had much of a conversation with him um you know by you know more than a few words more than a few sentences Anyway, a couple of weeks after one of the Manchester events, he gets in touch and says, look, I've had this idea, which is a great start. You know, if you're wanting to look, get involved in the community, have an idea, you know, and go to the, the organizer and say, look, I've got this idea and, uh, and I want to add value to the community. The next thing he said was, um, I don't know whether I can pull this off, but I've got five local businesses that I'd like to approach and see if they want to give some giveaways at your event. And like, this was probably one of, I don't know, 20 emails that I was answering at the time, it probably felt like. So I was like, yeah, whatever, mate. You know, if you do it, you do it. Anyway, lo and behold, two weeks later at the next Manchester event, Max rolls up with £3,000 worth of uh, stuff for the community um, and like gave it away. No expectation of reciprocity or anything like that. He was just like, this is something that I want to give to the group, to the community. What's happened since? Well, Max is now scheduled to be on one of my webinars uh, as one of our speakers. Um, I sent him a book at the weekend. Uh, he's become my uh, exercise program exchange person. So we send each other um, routines to do for, for our home workouts. And uh, I'd consider him like a really great mate. And that's happened in the space of two months. And that started because Max gave first. Um, now, while that's a, an interaction that I've had with him, that's something that you can uh, replicate to every member of 
the community, whether it's the organizer or another community mem member or, or whoever they are. It doesn't have to be, you know, that one person. It can just be a whole range of people. It's just going with that attitude of like, hands up. I'm not trying to gain anything from it, but I saw this thing and I want to help you. Just start flying from there. Absolutely start flying. So, uh, What's the, uh, that's it. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that the idea of the rest, the rest, well, there's two aspects, one of which is the reciprocity that's highlighted within that, but also you can tell that it's kind of met with the authenticity as well. The element of people coming into a, a, a reciprocal arrangement intentionally and not intentionally. And yeah. it's a massive difference between the two. Um, and it sounds like Max is very much in the, not intentionally, but it just worked in his favor. Absolutely. But it's, it's amazing. I'd say that probably 99% of us always know this theory and I'm pretty sure that 99% of us would have heard people say this before, but I'm also pretty sure that 99% of people never actually put into implementation and immediately go into have a white paper <laughs> or whatever it is, <laughs> mode, you know, or, or do you want to work together? You know, so uh, I think I'm sure that's not new knowledge for people, but it might be a new activity that people could actually put into practice and, and see what happens. You started the marketing meetup you were employed at the time i think full-time employment if i'm uh from mm -hmm. correctly and then of course you changed marketing meetup grew and you became a freelancer um yep. well, uh, to start with um how did that impact the journey of the marketing meetup um i feel like i can tell this story now um Yeah, I feel like I can tell the story now. Um, so I actually asked to go part time on my job um, before going full time uh, on, on the marketing meetup. And they said, I think you'd be better putting your ex your energies into growing the marketing meetup full time or working for us full time. Um, so basically, you know, it was, it was like two feet in or not at all. Um, that act forced me to get serious about the marketing meetup because I didn't have that that safety net but it also accelerated everything that we did I'm pretty sure that had I not gone full-time uh, a year ago then then we wouldn't be in the place that we are now because my I would have had split priorities um, there's there's been a few benefits I think we've been given more headspace so we've been able to be more creative I guess one example is that we got Sean Paul to uh, do a shout out on our yeah, email I mean, and, stuff like that. and like that would have never happened because we would have been rushing around, you know, and, and doing a hundred million other things and then working as well. Um, there's been the practical elements. I've been able to travel to Newcastle and Manchester to run an event there. I've been able to travel to New York to run an event there. So, so that's also freed it up. Um, but I think more than anything, I think it also gives me a new appreciation for some of the folks in my community. Uh, at the end of the day, as much as it's a horrible buzzword, then uh, it, a marketer's objective is also to be empathetic with their audience and, and understand and be able to walk in their shoes. And, and there was a, a portion of my audience who I wouldn't have been able to understand their world. Um, so my my learning and my understanding of the world and, and all this sort of stuff has, has sort of gone up a massive steep ramp very, very quickly. And, and I've just got absolute infinite admiration for so many people out there who are doing this day to day. I, I'm not, you know, obviously, um, you know, no one 
uh, is uh, glad of the uh, lockdown. I'm not getting all Pollyanna about this, but yeah. do is there a part of you that I, I, I'm taking aside the obvious side? Many people are ill. Many people have died. That is, yeah. um, you know, unimaginable. Um, but from a professional perspective, you've almost glad you've been forced to make this decision for sure yeah yeah I, I, you know I, I think we we're all in that stage of caveating stuff aren't we but caveats aside um yeah I, I saw like something on twitter the other day which i'm sure most people would have seen which was like um what forced innovation in your company and then it was like three tick boxes and next to the tick box the first tick box was the ceo the second tick box was the cfo and then the third tick box was covid19 and like <laughs> we are 100% in that position where my business even though it's relatively young uh, has been completely revolutionized by what's going on in the real world the implication is that when we come back to doing in person events one day who knows when um, we'll definitely be continuing to do the digital stuff um which will give accessibility to more people um but then there's probably some stuff that we're doing now or will do in the very near future that we never would have done otherwise um it would have just got stuck in in headspace hell so uh you know i am grateful for that opportunity in many many ways from your experience many businesses are, are obviously for being forced to change you, you gave some examples of of that and um obviously marketing is going to be affected by that as well. So do you see that the the number of um, marketers that go freelance is going to increase or do you think it will, you know, stay much the same and, and, you know, how will that change the industry as a result from, from your perspective? Um, from my perspective, I think Everything I've read would indicate that more folks are considering going freelance or will uh, enter the freelance market, even if it's on a side hustle basis at the moment. And and sorry for using the term side hustle, but it, it's a forgive, you're <laughs> forgiven ultimately because you haven't mentioned the word pivot, so you can get away with side hustle. You can you're okay. <laughs> so like, I I think uh, you know even if folks don't necessarily enter it full hog right now then a lot more people are going to start picking up those side jobs and side projects and stuff like that as a as a toe in to freelancing um after that point i think there will be just a, a huge sort of surge in, in freelancers and and it's something that i'm really optimistic for and and sort of looking forward to I, i've employed a number of freelancers over projects and having that flexibility to to get someone with a specialty skill on, on a certain project and pay them for, I don't know, a set period or a specific task. That just seems to make so much more sense than paying someone for 40 hours of their week and, uh, you know, having an undetermined output as a result of that. I, I, there's, there's, of course, arguments for, for both. But for me, I, I certainly see that there's a real strength and opportunity to be had with freelance people. Um, and and to have a sense of real pride at that you know I, I think something i've observed and i don't know whether it's it's everyone in the freelance community or, or just conversations that i've had but um sometimes it feels like it's the little guy versus the big guy but it shouldn't feel like that you know it's christ you know i'm a freelancer and i'm really good at what i do 
So I'm absolutely going to deserve to walk into this place with swagger because, you know, bloody hell, you know, I, I deserve to be here. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think the freelancer sort of scene is only going to get stronger, uh, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to sort of see what people do. So when freelancers, when you have looked to employ freelancers, how have you come across them? Have you said, I need these skills or is it a, a bank of people you've already earmarked? Yeah, it's, your... it's, kind, it's kind of both. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of atypical in a sense because I sit in a community of 16,000 marketers. So I, I, you know, I've met a lot of people and I appreciate that's a super privileged position to be in, but it means that I've got a network of folks who i trust and already know as friends more than anything who i can sort of say oh you do this thing do you want to work with me on this project so that's the way that i've interacted with folks um i have used freelance heroes a couple of times actually though to you sort have? of post for, for for folks and um every time they've come through you know um so i couldn't be more grateful for that in fact my accountant to this day was found on freelance heroes um so that's that's excellent how do you <laughs> how do you decide then when you put whether it's through freelance heroes or your you know the, the marketing meetup community how do you decide you're the one i'm going to work for or, or i'm going to employ i'm pretty sure and i say this as a marketer that like 90 percent of any purchase decisions come as a result of word of mouth like you know even if it's someone's asked for a recommendation but i'm pretty sure that there's there's a decent percentage of people who get all of their work through word of mouth and as an example on the accountant then it was the accountant of one of my friends who also happens to be in the freelance uh, heroes community who then said oh you need to check out this person uh, but the benefit of the freelance heroes community was then there was another like 10 customers who I never would have spoken to who also spoke to to how good she was you know so that's you know that that kind of sort of uh, reinforcement from the community it's almost like a Amazon review system you know for was <laughs> <laughs> really quickly but um so you know word of mouth is really crucial that's certainly not to negate um other marketing channels and I think each of them play their part um, but I think, you know, that, that word of mouth thing is, is really, really important. So people shouldn't forget that as a marketing channel. Was your ex-employer right in forcing you to make the, the two-footed decision as to either go all in marketing meetup or all in oh, where you were? For sure. Yeah, 100%. I'm so grateful for them. Um, yeah, they couldn't have couldn't have been better. And, uh, yeah, that, that was their experience as well. They... they um, my boss at the time was an experienced business person who um, knew their stuff and had been through the the journey a few times and and they gave me that advice and I couldn't be more grateful for them. So yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, as an as someone who's been to to the marketing meetup, uh, you run a, a great physical event and the future of it will uh, continue to grow because not only are you know are you a driven an experienced man but you've also built a community who have your back and and that's um that's not an easy thing to do so uh i have no doubt the future re will remain bright whatever the world throws at uh, the marketing meetup well, I, I think um on that point you know just just as i haven't given them their props quite as much as i should uh the community is amazing and if they didn't choose to engage then we'd have nothing 
you know so it's it's not it shouldn't be passed by with a light comment to say how incredible these people are and how utterly grateful I am for them being in my life so you know uh, thank you to anyone who's listening who is in the marketing meetup community because you're wicked and of course anyone who is listening who isn't part of the marketing meetup community how can they get in touch uh, they can go to themarketingmeetup.com. Um, right there, they will see all the events that we're running. And we've also got our newsletter, uh, the Wednesday at Two Club, which um, we're on a journey to make the world's best newsletter, the world's least most least boring newsletter, and uh, something people will look forward to opening every Wednesday at Two. So uh, if you sign up for there, then you also get all the information on on the events that we're running. And of course, no doubt finding you personally on the various social networks uh, yeah. as well from a Link, professional. LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's the best. Um, Twitter, you'll probably just get a load of tweets about Man United and my dog. So, <laughs> <laughs> although your dog is now making an appearance on LinkedIn, so uh, that's, uh, actually no, in the back of the room, there was a, this is not going to work from a, a, an audible perspective. There was a beautiful moment when your dog just peered round the door behind your chair as if eyes oh, and just kind of gave the eyes oh, he's on the phone i'll disappear and then walked off again <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. he's completely not bothered that was one of the things at, at the beginning of lockdown he used to sit by my side the entire time now he's so bored of me he goes and sits in the lounge all day. <laughs> <laughs> um well um, i haven't been during this call so it's been a pleasure to uh to chat to you as always uh and uh, thank you for agreeing to come on to this and look forward to seeing and, and experiencing more of the future growth of the marketing meetup. Thanks, mate. You too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I loved chatting with Joe. He really is a warm, engaging and fascinating man to learn from too. I hope you enjoyed this edition. Please hit subscribe and I'd love to read your feedback too. Email me at podcast at freelance-heroes.com and use hashtag freelance heroes across social media. Thanks for listening. Safe wishes. Bye for now.